Let's kick off another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast, where Brendan Bussman and Brant Iden march down the field on key political, legislative, and regulatory developments in the gaming sector. As these titans square off on the issues facing the industry, this podcast highlights the current opportunities and challenges for expansion and reform. Let's see what the game plan is for this episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another episode of the World Series of Politics. I'm Brendan Bussman. I'm joined here with my good friend and industry hero, Brant Iden. And Brant, this is uh, not only our inaugural season, but we've got our inaugural guest. We do. This is very exciting, Brendan. We have our first ever special guest on uh, the World Series of Politics podcast. And I am just so honored that my very good friend, uh, another industry hero in my mind, uh, the American Gaming Association president and CEO, Bill Miller, is on with us. Bill, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, to, uh, particularly to be the inaugural guest <laughs> and special guest. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us. Hey, we are just coming off a fantastic G2E. Uh, Brendan and I just got back. Uh, we've been talking about how great it was. I saw a press release that you sent out, Bill, that said we had 25,000 attendees this year. Tell us, uh, Brendan and I have some questions, but tell us a little bit about the show. It was absolutely fantastic. Well, um, you know, I, first of all, thank you all for being there. Uh, it was an incredible show. Um, as you mentioned, we had uh, just around 25,000 people, which is uh, considerably larger than the 13,000 that we had the year before. Um, but, you know, it's important to remember where we came from, right? Um, the year before that, it was zero. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, the pandemic was hard on so many of us um, in the gaming industry and really in every facet of life. And to see the gaming industry really rebound in such a remarkable way from that point in time where, you know, all 989 casinos across the country were closed. Um, there was no trade show. Um, and we had to do a virtual show to last year, which was pretty successful. You know, we were able to bring 13,000 people, but we weren't able to bring international visitors. And there were a lot of business restrictions in terms of business travel. Um, many of the operators that operate properties all over the country, they really only brought their Las Vegas um, buyers. And so there was a pretty limited amount of uh, business traffic. It was still a good show, but nothing like last week. Last week was exceptional. It was incredibly exciting. You could see the energy. Um, you know, I've talked to so many of the, you know, both on the operator side, as well as the manufacturing side. And not only is it important that we had 25,000 people, but the most important part is, you know, we were able to bring together the, the best minds in the business, the most influential people in the business and create a lot of commerce. And I think that that, that, that happened too. You know, Bill, the first kickoff day was exceptional. You had a great keynote, uh, you know, industry leaders kicking off with with Craig and Derek and, uh, you know, ending with Jason and Amy. Um, and, you know, obviously it showed the diversity that exists within the industry, whether it be land or mobile and how we're continuing to evolve and and use the Omni channel uh, as a gateway to bring in more more customers. But you know, talk to me a little bit about that diversity that exists within the industry and the resilience as part of that that has allowed us to grow. Well, it's a great question. And I will say it is remarkable to think about how far we've come in really 
um, since the depths of COVID, right? I mean, when we had 989 casinos all shuttered and there's been an evolution in thinking uh, in a lot of elements of our industry, right? We've, we've gone to this place where, you know, you know, brick and mortar properties have embraced the omni-channel experience and, and mobile and uh, mobile sports betting and iGaming. And that these are all kind of elements of the industry that, you know, are continuing to grow, but we're really accelerated, including payments and digital payments and things that I've talked about a lot. Um, yeah, the, the, the stage, the programming throughout the G2E showed that, you know, this is a, this is a very dynamic industry. And, and then, then, you know, obviously we're all in business, right? And so we look at bottom line and on the bottom line side, what we've seen is, you know, 18 consecutive months of revenue growth um, from when the, you know, these most difficult times during COVID. And so, um, there were a lot of people that thought that 2021 was a little bit of a fluke, that it was all pent up demand. It was, you know, a number of different things. But when we were able as an industry to show continued strength, um, you know, in all across the board from brick and mortars, commercial, tribal, mobile, um, iGaming and sports betting, it shows that the industry has has evolved. It has continued to be this dynamic place and that we continue to um, be an attractive offering for people who want to go out and have fun responsibly. Yeah, you know, Bill, you, you really uh, hammered a great point there. Uh, let's talk about, you know, how dynamic the industry is. And I want to talk a little bit about the buzz coming off the show. Obviously, there were a lot of things uh, that, that we, you know, takeaways going into 2023. I heard a lot about iGaming. Obviously, a big focus for you and the association has been on offshore illegal gaming, uh, focusing on that and, get, and getting DC to pay a little bit more attention to that. You know, tell me a little bit about what you see for 2023 and, and some of the momentum that we built in the show and, and what we can expect uh, from, uh, you know, going forward. Well, thanks for that question. I, I think that, uh, you know, I talked about it. Um, Jay Snowden from Penn talked about it in his keynote and others. Um, you know, I gathered together a number of the regulators at, at different points during G2E. Look, the illegal market, um, I've talked about, I've talked about it at, at every opportunity because the illegal market or an unregulated market, whether it be offshore online websites that are iGaming or sports betting or um, these unregulated you know, they call them gray market machines or skill gate skill based machines. They're none of those things. They're just because, you know, they're slot machines that are being put into, you know, truck stops and gas stations and 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 taverns across the country. And what they're doing is they are, um, you know, they are you know harming the public in a way that we think uh is a existential threat to the regulated and legal gambling uh, gaming market so um we uh think you know I, I talked about it in my keynote it is something that you know we need washington to focus on and so you know i sent a letter to the attorney general of the united states and talked about you know the need for the federal government's law enforcement to prioritize both offshore online as well as you know, uh, their ability under you know their authority under the Johnson Act to force these guys these elite these unregulated game machines 
um, to be regulated um, as required under federal statute, as well as engaging state attorney generals and U.S. attorneys locally um, and law enforcement, whether it be local or state. Um, we need to make sure that 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 the that the public is protected. And so we go through quite a bit to be licensed. We are regulated. We are high taxpayers in the states in which we operate. We operate under very strict regulatory control. And we believe that that's important. And and that social compact that we have as a part of our license, uh, you know, makes us the good operators that we are in the communities in which we operate. These these gray market skill machines that are popping up everywhere, there are no consumer protections for anyone. There's no benefit to the communities. There's no protections for people that have excluded themselves through the regulated market that they can just go and play these machines. And uh, quite frankly, we believe that this is a gateway to other criminal activity and maybe other criminal activity is, is a part of this. And there are no, you know, if you're running a little convenience store, you're not going to stop a kid from playing a slot machine in that convenience store. And so, look, we think that this is a, you know, you know, existential might be kind of, uh, you know, too dramatic, but this is a real threat to the legal regulated industry. Well, you're absolutely spot on. And I know that you've got uh, 100% support from the industry because I've had a lot of conversations about this as well. I know the industry is having conversations about this. And we can't thank you and the association enough for all your hard work and everything that you do to support uh, all of uh, all of us in the industry. So, hey, thanks for being on with us today, Bill. It's great to have you on as our, our inaugural special guest. And uh, just keep up the excellent work and, and everything that you do. Brendan, any final words for our good friend, Bill? No, I was going to say, Bill, we can't thank you enough for being the inaugural guest. I think, you know, what you talk about with the illegal market out there versus um, those of us in the industry that are trying to do it right. We can't reiterate enough. It's definitely while we all talked this last week about all the great things that are going on. We still have these threats out there and, and appreciate you leading the charge off of that. And I know a lot of guys I've talked to are, are looking forward to a robust 23 not only as we grow, but taking care of some of these issues. So thank you again. No, no. Th uh, thank you guys to have me. And uh, I'll be happy to be a special guest anytime in the future. <laughs> we look forward to hosting you again. Thanks. Wow. So great to have uh, Bill Miller on. It's uh, and, and as our first guest, uh, couldn't, couldn't be better. And man, what an exciting show. I can't reiterate it enough. Had a great time out in Vegas. So excited about where the industry's headed uh, Brendan, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what's happening next here in the states. I know that there was a uh, Swerk meeting in Maryland today. What uh, what happened in Maryland? Well, you know, Maryland, after consternation after consternation, may actually finally be moving. Um, you know, we've had land base there for God knows how long at this point. I've lost track, but this is one of these bills that passed a heck of a long time ago. Uh, but Swark uh, this morning said, hey, let's finally move. Um, and, you know, the Mobile License Act application process is going to close this week. Uh, I know they've gotten several in already. Um, but then obviously we've got qualification coming up. And then Swark's going to meet next month at its meeting um, to discuss uh, the qualified applicants. So maybe before the end of the year, we may actually have a mobile market in Maryland. 
um, which obviously, you know, it will compete with the region. It's the only one sitting there. Um, even DC actually is generating mobile revenue that they're not, that they've been missing out on in, uh, in Maryland probably will take another hit to the DC market, but you know, hitting, hitting nothing is, is, uh, you know, I guess something along the way, but, uh, you know, DC is its own conundrum, but I think we finally, after today, maybe at least have a path forward for Maryland. Yeah, so that's what I saw as well. You know, Maryland's going to start, they've claimed at the uh, middle to end of of November-ish with these rolling approval processes for mobile. And I will say this, looking across the country, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this has to have been one of the most political uh, processes outside of California. Let's set that aside for a minute. But this has to have been one of the most political committee processes I've ever seen. There was infighting amongst the committee members. There was infighting with the governor. I mean, Maryland has just uh, been uh, been a real mess. So I guess it's great to see that there's finally some resolution here, right? Well, I, I, I would agree that it's great to see resolution. It's great to finally see stuff moving there. You know, there's been a number of these states that it's taken a heck of a lot longer than it should have. Not saying some of these states like Ohio that very much laid out its thoughtful process and put its line at the sand of, hey, we're going live on January 1st, um, and we're going to move forward off of that. But this is one of these that it was just, they couldn't get started over anything. And part of it, I think, I go back to the legislation and what that looked like uh, that necessarily wasn't the most ideal. And then you had this arduous committee process that, you know, probably could have moved a lot further along. And finally, I, I don't think if the governor wouldn't have stepped in to say, hey, guys, you got to move. We'd probably be in the same place we were in last May, which was sitting there looking at the window, trying to see, you know, when the sun's going to come up on mobile sports betting. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I give a lot of credit to Governor Hogan, who continued to push the committee, certainly had the support of the, the citizenry behind him. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I saw tweets and other things, you know, people going to the committee meetings and making comments and saying, look, you guys have got to get your act together and get this thing going. And so, it is great to see. And now personally, of course, now I, I don't know if I need to remind you of this, but I do believe we have a small wager on the line. If Maryland's going to launch before the end of the year, I believe that I have a nice bottle of uh, Paul Hobbs Pinot Noir coming my way. So I do have a personal vested interest in Maryland launching as well. So I also personally, I'm going to write Governor Hogan a thank you note uh, once you deliver that uh, that nice bottle of wine to me, by the way. Well, I will be happy to deliver that if it should occur. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying it isn't, but it is on record. Uh, okay. I gladly like everything, always own up to my bets, uh, along the way. And yes, this, the, this was obviously more than a friendly wager, uh, but I'm more than happy to give you that wonderful bottle of Pinot, but I still have time on my side. I'm afraid on this because you we do. can talk you about do. the rest of this. So yet to be determined, we'll probably know more when the Swark meets in November, uh, right before Thanksgiving, we'll see uh, who's going to be the turkey before the end of the year. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Hey, I learned a long time ago that you can't cash your ticket in when you bet the whole game at the half. You know, the, the book does not take it. So, you know, just uh, <laughs> well, hey, I know uh, because we had Bill on, we're going to run a little bit longer with this show because we've got a couple more things we want to discuss uh, Brendan, I know you wanted to get some words in about Macau. There's some uh, there's some happenings. There's not some happenings. There's some updates. Uh, what, do, what do we got going on in Macau? Well, you know, obviously one of the things we always want to talk about on this show and, and, and the great thing about this is obviously this isn't just about the U.S. market. It's about the global market and what's going on. And 
you know, for those that, that may have not been following it this much, Macau right now is in the middle of its uh, relicensure for, for the six concessionaires. Uh, yet to be determined how this is all going to shake out for the end of the year, uh, which this all has to be done by, because as part of that, there's actually seven that have submitted uh, a plan off of this. But, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Macau, and, and it has been shuttered uh, since January and February of, of 2020, um, with really no opening based off of what we've seen coming out of out of Beijing this week with the continued zero COVID policy uh, of when we may see that is, you know, I think that the things we're hearing out of academics and other industry leaders over there is that, that the regulator over there is sort of putting the hard press on some of these guys saying invest more, invest more. And there hasn't been anything to say, hey, guys, thanks for keeping everybody employed for the last three years over everything. And thanks for the investment you've made over the last 20 in some cases off of this. So, you know, I think it's something and we'll probably dedicate a podcast later on before the end of the year and definitely early into next year once the decision's been made over this topic. But it's definitely, you know, affecting a lot of people out here, uh, you know, especially with the U.S. operators in the market. Not only that Macau continues to remain shuttered, but the ambiguity that could be potentially happening as the as the uh, Macau government decides to go forward uh, with this relicensure and the new concession process that'll be for the next 10 years. You know, that's amazing that that the properties have continued to employ all those individuals through all of this. I mean, I find that that's just outstanding. It says it's a testament to the industry globally about, you know, what what when you know, when uh, when our back is up against the wall, sometimes some of the things that we do to make sure that we can continue to operate and continue to work in this regulatory environment. I know Bill touched a lot on that happened in the U.S. We're so thankful to be back and have our have our properties open here in the U.S. So I could only imagine that. The struggles that that they must be facing over there it's i know that's tough no absolutely well and and one thing else that you know on the international scale that we probably should touch on is you know in our last episode we talked about this wonderful country called brazil and oh, yes. I, think, I think successfully also on the record we both called the first race right we, we did, we did. <laughs> so so we can we can successfully say that uh we were correct uh along the way you know, obviously heading into the end of this month, you've got, uh, you know, the runoff uh, between the current and the former presidents. Any insight out of how do you think this is going to shape up or is it a coin toss? Boy, I'll tell you, it's it, it's a coin toss on, on what I'm reading. I mean, I, I, I'm going to give it to Bolsonaro uh, at this point in time, although I think it's going to be close. So you may be able to prove me wrong on this one. I mean, I may be calling it a bit too early. We're still a couple weeks till Election Day. Um, but they're both, you know, this is a big, this is a big battle. This is a big battle down there. And I got to say, I appreciated, I don't know if you heard this, but Bolsonaro did a podcast yesterday and, and it came out where he said he was supporting the sports betting regulations, although not the full gaming package that the Congress would send him if, 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 if reelected and, and, and back in office. I know we've heard this before. But uh, I mean, it sort of gives me some confidence that Bolsonaro would would take up the issue of sports betting and allow those rules to be enacted that have been out there uh, for the better part of of three, four years now. So, uh, you know, maybe it's just uh, the optimist in me that wants that to happen. So that's why I'm siding here. But I know that uh, I know that we certainly haven't heard the end of this campaign and that it's going to be a, a tough battle for both competitors all the way to the end. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? 
Well, you know, it's one of those that I'm not going to bet another bottle of Pinot on it because Fair I enough. tend to Fair leave enough. with you right now. Obviously, <laughs> you know, there's there's still game to be played. And as I always tell everybody in politics, it ain't over till the last vote's counted. Uh, and in some cases, that might be a couple of days down the road uh, as we hang out in this process. But, you know, I, I did hear that same, uh, you know, line from, from Bolsonaro on that and how that may or may not proceed forward. And, you know, I think yet to be determined off of how this will all shake out between the two of them. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be good Waldorf and Statler guys of contradicting each other, I think, on this one, uh, but much more complimentary. And then we can call ourselves wrong or call everybody else wrong for the way they did when we're done. That's right. That's right. Well, it remains to be seen. Elections in Brazil, obviously. Our next episode uh, here at the World Series of Politics, we're going to be talking about the midterm elections. We're going to be talking about California. Uh, we've got a very exciting uh, upcoming episode, so continue to stick with us here. And certainly uh, follow us on uh, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, uh, any social media platform out there, and, and join the show. We love having uh, we love having our listeners chime in. I know we got some good feedback at G2E, at least I know I did. And so we're looking forward to continuing uh, continuing the program. So always great to join you, and a big thanks to Bill Miller and the AGA. Well, and thank you, Bill, for joining us as well. Uh, obviously, we appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate uh, uh, the opportunity to talk about these issues, and we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to either of us, either on social media or directly. Uh, we got lots of feedback at G2E. Um, I don't know if we'll go the full three hours, as some people ask that we go. Uh, <laughs> along everything, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's a fun podcast, and we look forward to the next uh, next episode. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brant Eiden. We'll be back soon for the next coin flip. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.